Welcome to the Eurofiles, a casual Euro 2016 podcast looking forward to the tournament. This time round, we're going for Group C. But before we get kicked off with the different teams, uh, we thought we'd do a bit of a bit of a uh, an icebreaker, a bit of a, a, burner. a, a fat bit of a fat, <laughs> bit of a fat burner for our, our podcast. Uh, just to introduce who's here today, I'm, f- I'm joined by uh, three fellow football enthusiasts: uh, Adam White, mm. hi Pete, Tom Smith, hello Peter, and for first time ever on the Euro Eurofiles podcast, Liam Francis. Hello, hello very Liam excited. Francis. Hello, Pete. Just a bit of intro to Liam. Uh, which team do you uh, do you support, Liam? I support Arsenal. You do support Arsenal, Arsenal Football yes, Club. Yes, you do. Very good. And that's all I can think to ask you. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a great intro. It's all you need to know. <laughs> Supports Arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, getting on to a trivia quiz for you, just to kind of loosen the muscles and get thinking about uh, about football once again. Five questions. Uh, whoever get, whoever shouts out the answer first will get a point. Whoever accumulates the most points after the five questions gets to. Have a final say on how this group will go in our Whoa. prediction at the end. What so the accused stakes. When, when, when the Eurofiles publish the uh, our, our official prediction, it will yeah. be your your responsibility. Okay. Oh, right. Okay. All right. So question one: Who also bid for Euro twenty sixteen? There were two countries. England. Turkey. Turkey's one, but you haven't got it all. You haven't got it yet. Oh. Someone can steal it from you. Someone can name the other one. Belgium. Nope. Spain. Nope. Uh, what other te- What other countries are there? It's a European country, Liam. Uh, yeah. Is so, it Australia? No, it's not Australia. I mean, look, that, to be fair, Eurovision. Eurovision. Great topical joke, thank you. Um, um, Italy. Calis. Yes, Italy. Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. That's a half point for Tom and a half point for Adam. <laughs> mm. uh, what, what, yeah, did Italy, what, what did England go for? Was that the World, World Cup? Cup. Oh, World yeah, Cup 2018. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It was the farce with uh, yeah, Qatar. Let's and not get political, Pete. Let's not get too real on this podcast. Get the lawyers. Question two. What is the name of the Euro 2016 mascot? It's a boy, isn't it? Yeah. It, is, it is a boy. Timmy. <laughs> Timmy. Not Timmy, no. <laughs> I haven't um, even seen it. Oh, he's, he looks friendly. I don't know what his name is. He looks friendly. He looks too friendly, though. I'll give, you, I'll give you a hint. Okay. The first, he's got uh, two parts of the name. The first, the first part of the name is Super. Goals. Super boy. Super no. goals. Super goals. <laughs> super super goals. Uh, super Timmy. Not super Timmy. <laughs> sub. Super sub. He shares his name with a kind of a middle of the road betting company in the UK. Super William. <laughs> no. Super Fair. Fred. Super, super, super DM. No. That's the French version. No. In the advert. Victor. Super Victor. Yes. Super oh. Victor. <laughs> point for Liam. Super Victor. Super Victor. One point Red. for Liam. His <laughs> name is Super Victor. <laughs> Timmy. What is that? Right, question three. Who hosted the first ever European Championships? France. Oh, France. <sighs> Point for Adam. Sam's <laughs> <laughs> so on uh, one and a half now. Uh, question four. Uh, what is the name of the European Championships trophy? Oh, wait, only trophy. Oh. Uh, Adam's uh, just going to get it now. <laughs> <sighs> so if you're okay. the last half question. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, Adam's... You're this easy. Adam's won. I knew, so both, I, knew, I knew both of those. I was just yeah. speaking to the post. Oh, yeah, this guy. <laughs> you wait until the question's finished. Okay. I'm going to exclude you from this question. <laughs> it's a very easy question. <laughs> this was kind of like, if no one had got the other questions, we would have had this one just in case. But Adam White kind of popped up. Um, who was the top scorer in Euro 96? Alan Shearer. It was. Was it? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh. And as a bonus, how many goals did he score? Six. No, seven. Five. 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 Yeah. Oh. Adam, you're, you've uh, won a right and responsibility. Oh, thanks. To uh, to that. To say to say Germany. To decide who comes second out of Ukraine and Poland. Oh. Mm. Uh, brilliant. Okay, so that was a bit of, bit of trivia for you. I'm loose now. Um, mm. Do you feel loose? Do you yeah. feel ready? Yeah. You feel like you're you're in football land now. Yeah. Great. Okay. Right. 
teams now for Group C, and we always start with the favourites for the group, and it's my turn now this time around to do the favourites. So uh, a team that needs no introduction, Germany, Die Mannschaft, four World Cups and three Euros. Germany are a team who uh, we all know a lot about. They come from the 2014 World Cup on a massive high, uh, winning that after the ridiculous 7-1 uh, win over Brazil in the semi-final, which we all remember very well. Quite possibly um, the, the greatest World Cup triumph of all time, considering they beat Argentina and Brazil in the semis in the final. In, in the South, South American, America, yeah, in the South American World is, Cup. Which is it's a good point. Stuff, yeah. And they were, they, were prob they were the best team for the whole tournament as well, really. Mm. Consistent, they deserved the, they deserved the win. And of course, Gertz had got the goal in the in the 113th minute of that game, I think, in extra time, chesting it down and nailing it in. Since then, it's not been as, it's not been as rosy. They've, they've suffered from complacency after uh, a big win like that. Uh, Lahm, Closer and Mertesacker all retired, so they lost some uh, solidity in the team as well. They've also got Royce and Gundogan uh, both out of this tournament, both injured and out. So that's not just some solid players uh, not there, also some young talent that's missing. Schweinsteiger's pretty much thrown in the towel, so he might as well retire, but he is in the squad this time around. But they why, still do why, have Why a... is he in the squad? I don't know. I surely for the this... same reason Podolski's in the squad. <laughs> just <laughs> Dressing room. Yeah. It's the only reason. He's still, he's still captain. In qualifying in, in the friendlies recently, they've been playing a 4-2-3-1. And they still have quite a strong spine. So obviously they've got Neuer in goal, uh, which is a good start for anyone. They've got Hummels and Bertang at centre-back. Uh, which is very strong uh, kind of anchoring to the, to the defence. And of course they've got uh, Cruz and Kadira midfield and Ozil and Muller kind of linking the play further forward. So there's a, there's a lot of really kind of really good class players there that they can rely on. And uh, another player who's kind of come back into the fold through kind of injuries is Mario Gomez, who's currently playing for Besiktas. But no one really expected him to be in the squad. So he was kind of, it's kind of a bit of a, a bit of a left field option. I, saw, I watched them play Hungary last night and he came on in that game. I was surprised to see him. Um, mainly because I just, I'm, the main thing I remember about Mario Gomez is when he finally got good after being terrible for years. Well, do you remember the Chilean mining crisis where there was the 32 yes. Chilean miners under, underground? Uh, Mario Gomez was number 32 at the time, and the 32nd miner to come out, the last miner to survive, was called Mario Gomez. Yeah. And he saw that and thought, right, yeah. I think it's 33. I'm going to be a good, I'm going to be a good miner now. Yeah, it was 33 actually. Yeah. I just saw that film on Netflix. I didn't watch no. it, but I saw the <laughs> poster, which is a bit. Can you just do me? Can you just do me a favour, Pete, yeah. and press press this button for me? So yeah, they've got Mario Gomez and they've got other players off the bench like Scherler as well. So they're you know they're really kind of they've got a lot of options and a lot of quality in their team and obviously the experience of winning a you know a World Cup. Mm. So there's a lot of positivity. Young talent coming through too. Goetz uh, hasn't really after scoring that World Cup what finals goal hasn't really ascended as people thought he would. He isn't necessarily a starter for Germany, or who has been favoured recently. Um, and he's in and out of the team for Bayern as well. They also have players like uh, Skodra Mustafi from Valencia in defence. Julian Draxler, who's uh, been a long target for Arsenal and for, uh, for Wolfsburg, coming in midfield. And uh, Leroy Sané from Schalke in, in attack as well. So there, there is a lot of options and a lot of optimism in Germany, despite the injuries and the retirements. I think there are, there are weak areas to their squad, though. They're, they're lacking there in any good fullbacks. Like, Johnny Sector's a good player, but... Especially at right back, uh, Emre Chan's played there in a few qualifiers in recent games. But Tyler Skinter isn't in the squads, even though I thought he would be. No, he's not. Uh, which is a surprise. Kimmich could play there, Joshua Kimmich, who's who's been good for yeah. for Bayern. But that's why I said they might play three at the back because they've got like six, five or six centre backs in the squad. Mm. Hummels is borderline fit. So. Yeah, we're a bit complacent at the moment, lacking from a bit of energy since their World Cup win. Um, Joachim Lowe, the the manager's kind of he's been very frustrated recently on the touchline. Players aren't following his instructions. Um, he's tried a lot of different options recently, so I don't think he's necessarily settled on the first eleven. 
and he's and obviously since the injuries he's bringing in a lot of players. Uh, Germany are you know obviously expecting a win because they just won the World Cup, and if they don't do that, whether Lowe will still be there is a question. So maybe that's weighing on his shoulders too. That went sacking. But, but I think he might leave if they went out early though. Do you think? Do you think he, he wants to leave to go to try out some club football? Yeah, I think I think that's probably right, and I think he wants to leave on a high as well. I don't want. It, I think he's maybe he's worried he'll tarnish his reputation if Germany go out early this time round because and maybe their performances haven't been that good in qualifying. He's been there since. Well, he was Jurgen Klinsmann's assistant first off, yeah. and then Jurgen Klinsmann was there. Was he? T- he was there in twenty ten, wasn't he, as manager? And then Lowe yeah, took Lachim over. Yeah, Lowe was in 2010. Lowe took over in 2010. Klingsman left after the World Cup in 2006. It's quite, so a, long, it's quite a long time. Yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah, mm. nearly 10 years. It's, it's, it's a good time to be there. And he has, and to be fair, he has won a World Cup, so he's probably allowed to leave, I think. Mm. But um, they only, Germany only qualified by one point, despite being World Cup winners. They had a very um, tough group in qualifying, though. They did. The group by a long they, yeah, absolutely. They, they, lost, like, they lost to both Poland and Ireland in qualifying. They did, and they, um, didn't, they didn't beat Ireland on the other game. They, they drew with them as well. So yeah, yeah, so... And also the other day in a friendly, they lost to uh, new tournament favourites uh, Slovakia, three-one. Uh, <laughs> uh, obviously, they're they're going to be winning Group B, so uh, you know. I don't, know, I don't know if you heard there. that uh, Germany also lost to England. They did. Yeah. Was <laughs> uh, it like last November or something? Okay, <laughs> they're, they're often. I guess. Aren't they often quite weak in qualifying though? They do. I mean, they are. They are a team who do their be- who do their best in the tournament, which is which is pretty incredible. And yeah, maybe they're they're, they're not as up for qualifying. Um, but I've never, they've never been kind of so close to not winning mm. a group before. They did you know, only winning by one point is is pretty pretty bad for Germany. Since you remember qualifying for the 2002 World Cup, they were edged into second place by David Beckham free kick against Greece and had to go for the playoffs. So. <laughs> Memories, indeed. That was, good time. that was before the, the resurgence of indeed, German yeah. football entirely. Well, they got to the final, so yeah. <laughs> that yeah. tournament. So and that was when they, that was when German football was in, in crisis. Indeed. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. The, the mood is very optimistic in Germany. A lot of expectation too, but Germans can handle expectation. And in a group with Ukraine, Poland, and Northern Ireland. I think there's some teams that, that will think they can get at Germany, especially, uh, especially Poland, uh, with uh, some really good players like Lewandowski. But I think Germany uh, will be looking to win that group and looking to use it as a springboard for a really confident knockout stages run as well. Mm. No one would ever dare rule out Germany at the moment. What do you think? What do you think the lack of Miroslav Klose is gonna <laughs> gonna mean for the team? I think that Klose was almost kind of like a. Um, like a lucky charm for Germany because he, he came on and he would just always score. He was someone who uh, they the German the German fans loved as well. In attack, they don't necessarily have that that solid option now. I mean, they have Müller, but they they Müller is is so kind of um, he can be used in so many different ways. That they don't necessarily want to use him in the same way they use closer as a, as a solid number nine. So that kind of easy option has gone. And he's so good where he is. Like he he's, is. He's an unbelievably good footballer. In terms of his spatial awareness, he's reading of the game. He's un- unreal. How he, he, is. Is. he is incredible. The runs he makes, the intelligent, like kind of how he reads he's the amazing game. It's incredible, yeah. Although he's been quite anonymous in the last few games for Germany. I mean, I guess he's playing on the right at the moment for Germany. Yeah, yeah. He's been playing on. The, he's been playing on the wing and dropping in the middle occasionally. But yeah, this is the, I mean, this is the point. I guess is that they don't really know how to use him best because they want to use him in so many different ways. And he, maybe he is best. In how the many ways. strikers are Germany bringing? Isn't it like one or two? Like Muller can play there, obviously. Um, they got Sané as well. They could play Goethe there as well. He was playing. He, I think he started there against Hungary actually. So the impact of closer is is obviously that they don't have that that same first option. But Germany have so you know England England fans are so jealous of Germany because they have so many good young players coming through on a constant kind of stream that you know I think they'll be fine even so. Mm-hmm. You don't want to start with Goethe though. Up front. He's a great superstar, as he proved. But yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. He isn't the same. He isn't the same guarantee, is he? I think. I'm not yeah. sure he's guaranteed goals, but in a, if you're going to play a false nine, that suits him pretty well. I mean, you, if you, I know that Royce is injured, but if you played Royce and Muller either side of him as a false nine, that's pretty terrifying. 
Royce, Royce Gertz and Muller is Royce is in the front three. I know Royce is injured, but I'm just saying in quali- in qualifying, yeah, it worked. So yeah, well, or at least it, it could work. We'll have to see what Lowe does, but I think the one thing that will, will be confirmed already is that he and his assistant will be wearing the same clothes for the entire time. <laughs> so that's yeah. one thing that we can guarantee on, even though Coaster isn't there. <laughs> so thanks for the thanks for the lowdown, Pete. Oh, the lowdown. Yeah. Oh, oh, Okay, so next up is uh, Liam with Poland. So, mm. uh, Liam, how are Poland looking for Euro 2016? Pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, they they second in the group, right? Second in the second group? Second in the group to Germany and beating Germany. Which yeah. is the first, first time they beat in Germany in 19 attempts. Really? Big game. So that, that, that is a big achievement for them. That's a, a massive derby as well. They really do not like each other. Yeah. No. I mean, oh, there's nice. history. Also, like, with the players, people like Bidowski and stuff. There's a lot of, like... It's a bit of a Chelsea Spurs situation because the Germans them. hate the Dutch. Whereas <laughs> the, Poles, the Poles hate the Germans. Yeah. So, like... Spurs hate Arsenal, but Chelsea hate Spurs. Yeah, was qualifying good for them? Was um, it? yes, in theory. Oh no, okay, it was it was marred with some difficult draws because well they they drew to they drew to Scotland twice. Who who was it? The Scotland lost to in the end to put them. Georgia. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah. Oh god. But they Georgia. drew to yeah they drew two two to, twice to Scotland two two mm. and then they but they beat Ireland once drew to Ireland so. Okay, yeah. it's a hard group though. Isn't that? They're in the same group as Germany. Yeah. And this this new manager has kind of changed their whole style. This is something I gather coming in from because with Lewandowski up top top they played very counter-attacking yeah. for quite a long time but the new this new guy what's his name Adam Nabelka mm. I don't know an awful lot about but apparently he's trying to encourage a pressing style of football which is something they're not used to yeah and I mm. guess I guess that's kind of maybe that's the confidence in their team as well that they're relying less on Lewandowski yeah well because they played two up front yeah. um, what's, what's the guy's name um, Milik. Milik yeah who plays up front with him so it's uh, it's I not like play. everything goes through Lewandowski anymore, which yeah. is which is good for them. With Milik in there, and they're going to play four four two, as you said. Mm. Uh, they've got goals, which mm. a lot of international teams lack. A lot of international teams yeah. in this tournament seem to lack a centre forward. Yeah. Whereas when you've got Kuba Blaszczykowski and Kamil Grzyczka, they've got goals in them. Mm. Yeah. And Lewandowski so, was top scorer in qualifying as well. Yeah. yeah, they scored a lot. Of goals. I mean, they, scored, they averaged three goals a game, but they did have Gibraltar yeah. and who else? Someone else and and Georgia kind of skewing it a little bit. Gibraltar's first ever tournament, wasn't it? First yeah, they, I think yeah. they beat them like seven nil in one game. Well, yeah, it happens. But they did score. I mean, they scored a good number of goals against the other teams. They played I mean, two against Germany. Yeah, was a great game. Thirteen in ten or something. Oh, right, you got mm. four against Gibraltar. One yeah, game. Still, <laughs> still not bad. Is it? Well, they've got so Pizcek. Pizcek, is that that's oh, Pizcek, Pizcek. who plays for yeah, Dortmund, yeah. who's been. Very good for Dortmund. Yeah, yeah, great. Well, he was really quite. Great, he was quite like an attacking-minded fullback. Yeah. He's. I mean, he's decent. I always liked Kamil Grzycki, who plays for Torino mm. in Italy. Um, he's a really. He's definitely he's a leader in defence. Even though Robert Lewandowski is the captain, he's a strong figure in addressing him and a, a strong leader for the defence. Um, <laughs> he actually scored against England in um, that game that was rearranged. We played at four o'clock on a Monday. Because of the, I think it was because of a rain or lightning storm. Yeah, yeah that was, that was the mm. referee was just standing on the pitch for like three hours trying to roll the ball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And no, he's a solid centre back and um, uh, you know a good leader for them. Mm. I think in midfield as well, the well, it's just with uh, Gregor's Kukovoviak, who mm. plays for Sevilla. He's been fantastic for a long time. It's good starting for a Sevilla team that have won three red leagues in a row. You know, he's a strong player for them. Yeah. Um, and mm. Zelinski as well, who plays in midfield alongside him. Uh, only 22, plays for Empoli in Italy. Uh, had a strong season for them. And um, good on the ball will be a, a useful player by yeah. you know mm. by any stretch. So the front six in particular is quite yeah. impressive. One position they brought, that one mm. position they are pretty strong at is goalkeeper. That's a very good point. And so, 
a lot of well, Premiership. They have, they have three Premiership goalkeepers. Who are they? Who are the three Premiership? They've goalkeepers? got Premier League guys. Premier, Premier, Premier League. Sorry, Premier League. League. Sorry, that's my fault. Oh, well, two and then Sheffield. two. Oh no, of course. Where, where did he go? Is it Roma? So who are the? No, uh, Fabianski. Fabianski, Swansea, Swansea who's yeah. been brilliant for yep. Swansea. Yeah, he's, he's had a, since leaving a Arsenal. Season, he's a, yeah. a lot, a lot of ex-Arsenal goalkeepers have done very well. Actually, <laughs> are you, you better about that, Liam? <laughs> uh, slightly. I mean, I do like where we've gone with our goalkeeping situation, but it is a bit of a shame. And then they've got who's that ex-Southampton goalkeeper? What's his name? Boric. Um, yeah. Boric. Yeah. Where's he now? Bournemouth. He's at yeah. Bournemouth. Yeah. Exactly. So he's also got, had a really good they do team. have a really strong set. I mean, yeah. you don't, it's a position you don't really need much depth, unfortunately. <laughs> if they can play three keepers. So. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe they can do some like switches for penalties. Oh, didn't didn't, um, didn't Tim Krul uh, Yeah. Didn't Chesney get sent off in the opening game of, of the last Euros? Yeah. Then yeah. Teton came on. He didn't make the squad. So, the, but, so there is there is some optimism for Poland. They have got obviously Lewandowski is, is leading the side, but they have got like Bashikovsky. Yeah, I think they're quietly optimistic. Yeah. Like, the, the whole country. They, they've got. They had a great run. Yeah. Do you, Do you think that they're a team that would look to have that second place sewn up? I think they. Ex- I mean, it, it's got to be expected, really. If you yeah. look at what who they who they've got to play in the style that they play, they score goals again, which yeah. is obviously very important in tournament football. They really do have a lot of goals in them. And having a world class player generally as a team like Poland. Mm. Just having one of those players is, and like same thing with Wales and Gareth Bale, is, is yeah. a really key thing. So yeah. I always thought Lewandowski was older than twenty-seven. He's twenty-seven. Yeah, mm. uh, yeah. Long time to. He looks get older. Better. He looks. He, like, he looks, like, looks like an old player. <laughs> an old man. He's, he's old playing. man Lewandowski is what they call him. <laughs> There's this guy. Um, I don't know how to say his name. Bartosz Kapuska. 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 Young guy. Apparently, is making waves in the Poland international Ooh. scene. Maybe they're Rashford. They're a new Rashford. He's, he's 19. 19. He's 19. 19 and, getting, and he's, he's been given a few starts in there. Five caps, nice. two goals. Yeah. Five caps, two goals. Made the squad as well. He's in the yeah. So he is, he is their Rashford then. Yeah. So he's one to watch. Scored, scored on his debut against Gibraltar. Ooh. So exactly. Gibraltar not so rock solid after all. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I was very excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, actually, hold on. I've heard that history suggests Poland will fail to live up to a huge domestic expectation. Really? That's the final line on Poland from me. Okay. Yeah. News, news just in. Leaving us in the clinic. <laughs> <laughs> strong going forwards. Yeah. Maybe not so strong at the back. Okay, mm. yeah. So it, it could be that they're let down by, by a kind of a lack of consistency to their side. But yeah. yeah. Lewandowski is a positive, isn't it? So mm. Great. Okay, Adam, so contesting for that second spot uh, with Poland is Ukraine. Absolutely. An interesting team. Uh, like I said, I mentioned earlier, I, I said a lot of sides in this international tournament are lacking a central striker. I have a feeling that will be uh, Ukraine's main issue coming into Euro 2016 without a, 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 a sort of a, an established out-and-out centre-forward. But they are really strong in wider positions with uh, Andrew Yarmolenko of Dynamo Kiev and uh, Yevhen uh, Konopianka of Sevilla. Hmm. Although Konopianka has not necessarily been first choice for Sevilla this season and uh, possibly hasn't fulfilled the, the, the hope uh, that he had when he signed, um, both those players are, are key. And I think I remember them playing England and them being very dangerous against us. We seem to have played them quite often. In the yeah, last Konopianka years. especially, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, they're both very good players and, and they'll create a lot of chances for their for Zosuya, who will probably start up front for them. Yeah. Um, one issue I always, always have with Ukraine is Andrew Piatov in goal. I think we mentioned Lukas Fabianski earlier, who had the moniker at Arsenal Flappy Hansky, <laughs> which, uh, although it's improved at Swansea, I think that's a, that's a, pr- a pretty good moniker for, uh, for Piatov in goal. He's always good for a Rick, is, is Piatov. So, yeah. um, performed slightly better in the last few years. He's got his 31 now, so maybe his experience has helped, but I'd be, I'd be telling my strikers to you know, shoot on sight with him in goal. As, and 
crowd him at corners and crosses for sure. They are good defensively. Cacciarini's yeah. an experienced defender, not very quick, but a good player and, and solid little one-to-one defender will win a lot in the air. Uh, Rakitsky is the opposite. Not necessarily uh, going to win headers and, and clear balls, but he's a centre-back who loves a 40-yard ping pass. He'll ping it all over the place. He's a quarterback. Yeah, he is a little bit. He's important for, for both his club side and for the national team in, in spraying, the, spraying the balls around. He's got a lot of skill as well, so look out for an unnecessary uh, Croy turn at the back from him. Probably a player to watch. So they're good defensively. They're able to play a defensive style as well and counter-attack with the pace on the wings of Konopianka and, and Yarmolenko. It's just whether they can score the goals to take them through would be yeah. my main issue with them. But Do you think that they, they uh, one thing they do lack compared to Poland is they don't have the same kind of star quality. They do have some very good players mm. who, are, who are very skilled. They don't have that, those big names to rely on. They're not as good as Poland. You look at their midfield and the players they've got in the teams they play for. How important they are for those clubs. Like I mentioned, Krakowiak at Sevilla. Uh, Grzycki's performances for Ren when he comes off the bench. They got ten. He got. He was in double figures for in Liga, which is, you know, which is quite incredible considering how difficult a league it is to score in. Ukraine in midfield with uh, Rabalka, Garmash, and Stepanenko in there are much more sort of workmanlike. Yeah. And are lacking in the in the quality or mm. the the guile to unlock defences. So yeah. they really are relying on their wider players and their solid solid defensive unit. With three teams going through from four of the groups, you can see them making it through with the Northern Irish in there too. So. It strikes me as a group, uh, especially when you're talking about Ukraine in that way, that might be quite low scoring. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, especially with the Northern Irish playing a counter-attacking style yeah. with Lafferty up front as well. Like you say, Ukraine games might be quite low scoring. Mm. Just because, like you say, they're, they're relying on the wide players, relying on kind of pushing forward, but not really any kind of target man up front to get to mm-hmm. when they're trying to get those goals. Absolutely. Um, obviously Lewandowski is there for Poland, but not that for Ukraine. A lot of Ukraine's squad play in Ukraine as well. Like yes. pretty, pretty much all of them do. Yeah. A lot of them must play with each other at club level. Hmm. It's a mixture of two or three teams. Yeah. So, Not yeah. a lot of Dynamo Kiev players in there. The only thing that that says about the team is that if they were better, they would move abroad. The Ukrainian yeah. league's not the strongest, but Shakhtar and Dynamo Kiev destroy that league. And the players that you hear a lot about that play for Shakhtar aren't usually Ukrainian players. Yeah, yeah so, that's all true. Brazilian. Right? Yeah. 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 So, Bernard, yeah. Douglas Costa, Alex Teixeira, William, wasn't it? Yeah, Isn't William. It? Yeah. I the manager, Mikhailo uh, Fomenko, mm. uh, is uh, touted as the old warhorse of Ukrainian football. Oh, he is. He's managed 19 teams in his 33-year uh, career, which is quite impressive, actually. Yeah. Um, and mainly in Ukraine. So he's it's impressive because that means he's just probably no good. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or at least he's good enough to keep he's his job. Fired, he's been fired 18 times. <laughs> <laughs> Fomenko's been uh, kind of vowing a strong defensive setup since taking over after 2012. Yeah, so exactly. I think that's something which they can definitely they can definitely be kind of uh, characterised as brilliant. So that's uh, Ukraine, and I think that's they're a team who could well be also around in this tournament. But I think they have some positives. Like yeah, they can make the, they could they have got an outside chance of making the last 16. Yeah, it wouldn't be a surprise. Yeah, I think that this is a group that could uh, could well have a third place as well. Especially it depends how the Northern Irish do. I I have a feeling the the Republic of Ireland will. Uh, lose all their games like they did at Euro 2012 <laughs> but the Northern Irish have a bit more I don't know they have something a bit more about them I, yeah. don't, know what, I don't know what it is but someone might know what it is that is an excellent <laughs> say <laughs> and uh, I think we're going to ask Tom on that <laughs> yeah so, so Northern Ireland Tom yeah so Northern Ireland this is their first ever appearance at the Euros they're kind of in terms of their, their history the only thing they've really ever done in their history is beat Spain at the World Cup in 1982 and they've kind of lived off that so they finished top of their they finished top of their group by one point but in their group, they had Romania, Hungary, Finland, Faroe Islands, and Greece. Right. So I don't know how much of an accomplishment that was, mm. but they had no expectations going into the tournament. So to finish top of the group is still a yeah, absolutely, still an achievement. Absolutely. Ahead of countries like Romania and, and Hungary. Romania are terrible. They would have expected. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, they go for a Romanian listenership. <laughs> 
That's so many anger remaining yeah. right now. <laughs> they are rubbish, though. Sorry, Tom. If you look at the past five qualification campaigns for the Euros, they finished fifth of sixth. They finished third of seven. They finished fifth of fifth, fourth of fifth, yeah. fourth of five. So this is, this is fourth of fifth. <laughs> they weren't even in that group. <laughs> what, what, what I'm trying to say is that they really didn't like, yeah. get make even a good a really a really good attempt at getting into a major tournament. So they have they have really improved. This is an improvement for them, and being this tournament is a big thing for Northern Ireland. Yeah, and yeah. It, and in the in the qualifying campaign, they scored sixteen goals and conceded eight goals. So it's really not bad at all, is it? Their main threat or their only threat up front was Carl Lafferty. So he scored seven goals and was the group's top goal scorer. So he's where the goals will come from, if anywhere, for Northern Ireland. He is, but he hasn't played hardly any games this season. So he's currently oh, yeah. a Norwich player. Uh, he's been on loan at Birmingham, though. Yeah, so he played six games for Birmingham alone at the end of the season. Yeah, and he's only he's only scored one goal. I wonder if that was to try and get some games before the Euros, probably. Yep. So he's yeah. been trying his best to try and get in to get in any team. Yeah. But kind of. <laughs> no one will have. No, no, no one will. No one will start him. The national team and the club scene are so separate. For Northern Ireland, he is a talisman. He's amazing for Northern Ireland. He's been absolutely incredible. But can't get into a decent club side. Right? Yeah. Do you and think that? Um, for good reason, he doesn't score goals at club. But to put, put into into perspective, in Northern Ireland, he's their second highest top goal scorer ever. Oh and wow! He has, okay. 16, he has sixteen goals. Yeah. David oh. Healy top scorer. Top yeah, he is. Yeah, and he and he did play with David Healy as well in previous years, but now he's retired. He was his mentor. Yeah, and yeah. he's kind of tried to take over from him. So. I suppose that they 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 do have a they are kind of a, a championship kind of strength team, aren't they? But I want to I want to I want to hop back to the very first podcast episode Ooh. where we made some crazy bets. Based on stickers, <laughs> and one of my crazy bets was was well, one of them was that Ida Good Johnson would would uh, get some oh, minutes, minute. some yeah, minutes, yeah. yeah. And he recently scored in a in their last friendly. And my other bet was that Roy Carroll will get some minutes, and he's now first choice goalkeeper for oh. Northern Ireland <laughs> at thirty eight. <laughs> yeah, so he's likely to be their their starter. Wow. And so talking about talking about championship kind of players or players that you look you look at Northern Ireland's side and you kind of think it's pretty boring to be honest in terms of the players <laughs> they've got. Craig Cathcart so, got injured recently yes, as well. So, yeah, so I'll read out, read out the, some boring players that you might be familiar <laughs> with. And it's quite a long list. So you've got Roy Carroll, who plays in Notts County. Like you said, Craig Cathcart there, who's injured. He is in the squad. Yeah. Uh, so he plays at Watford. You've got Johnny Evans, <laughs> West Brom, Gareth McCauley. Colin McCoughlin's in my fantasy team. Is he? So, yeah. Is he? Inside, inside of knowledge. He's yeah. absolutely terrible. <laughs> <laughs> He's cheap, though. You've got Paddy McNair. Ooh, Paddy. Man U, who's who, who is in the squad. Yeah, Patrick so, McNair, who's who's he? Who's he known by his manager? It's a lot of lot of workman-like players. Yep, and uh, the probably the best workman-like player of all is Stephen Davis. Steve Davis, who has who has the most caps in the whole of the, the entire squad, ninety-one caps. Really? Yep. How old is he? Thirty-one. Uh, it's just so. If I'm totally honest, before this season, I don't really know too much about him. No. Turns out that he's a pretty. He's kind of like a stalwart for this Northern Irish side. Didn't know that. He's, he has the most caps in the team, and he's in the top ten all-time cap. For, wow. yeah, for Northern Ireland. Did not know that at all. There's a massive say, ex-Manchester United connection in that team as well, when you think about it. Like Oliver Johnny Norwood, Evans, Johnny Evans, Corey yeah. Evans, yeah. Paddy McNair, uh, Roy Carroll. Roy, Roy Carroll, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Craig Cathcart. Who will be getting some minutes for this tournament. <laughs> some minutes. <laughs> I love that phrase. I've never some. used it before, these podcasts. But they, I mean, going forward as well, I mean, players like uh, Jamie Ward and Stuart Dallas from Leeds and Nottingham, just like, you know, really kind of... Yeah. Um, and Connor Washington as well. Connor Washington, too. I love He's, that name. Yeah. Yes, they're they're pretty decent going forward. Yeah. on the on the on, on their day, they're not. They're, they're a team that will be trying hard, and that they and they are very compact as well. 
Um, I was reading that they are on a, a, a record for them. I think it's twelve game unbeaten run. Yeah, they are. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty ridiculous. So um, that's that's pretty. That's pretty great. In terms of their like their formation, though, no one really knows what what on earth they're going to play. So they <laughs> they've, they kind of they've tried out loads and loads of different formations in qualifying mm. and in these friendlies. Yeah. So the best guess is they're going to play some kind of diamond shape. Some kind of diamond. Some kind of diamond. <laughs> <laughs> so when I say, when I say that, they'll probably start with a diamond and then just. Change to a change, four, five, change one, to whatever. Yeah, it's going to be a diamond or a standard four four two. Okay. Do you think that uh, Michael O'Neill uh, is good enough to uh, kind of galvanise the team and take them somewhere in this tournament? Yeah, I think he is. So, so what's, um, what's the history? What's what? Give us a bit of detail, Mark and Michael O'Neill. Michael, you nearly said Martin. O'Neill, I did. Nearly said Martin. O'Neill. We'll be coming on to him a bit later on. <laughs> but uh, Michael O'Neill, so he's considerably younger than Martin O'Neill. He's forty six. He retired from management in two thousand and four. Spent a year in the financial services sector. Oh, yeah. So, so he's as exciting as the team. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so no, he didn't retire from managerial managerial roles. He retired from football then. Oh so wow. Retired, I think he retired as a player, and so he took up his first managerial role in 2006. Yeah. And uh, he was the first manager to take an Irish club to the group stages of the Europa League. Oh, Shamrock oh, Rovers. Then. Shamrock Rovers. Shamrock. Yeah, Shamrock nice. Rovers. And he took over as Northern Ireland manager in 2011 from Nigel Worthington. Ah. Well, uh, it's the, the most vanilla of managers. Um, <laughs> the most normal a, kind of managers. Yeah, but in the um, in Michael Michael O'Neill's first nine games, he drew five and lost four. So not great, not great, <laughs> not great to say the least. So, but they stuck with him. Yeah. And I think, to be honest, no one can really figure out what's happened with this with this team. Yeah. No one really knows why they're doing as well as, as well as they are. There's no, but they're there's grinding no, out results. Yeah, there, there's no, there's they're, no kind of uh, injection of, of of young talent. There's no kind of reason why they would, as a national team, suddenly change. No, yeah. they're just, they're just, they're just quite, a, they're just quite a good team. Yeah. But then, what we're talking about then about their their qualifying campaign, they just haven't played anyone of note. And in their group, they've got Germany, Poland, and Ukraine. I don't see any scenario where they get anything from the Poland or Germany game. To be honest. <laughs> so you but, think it's all down to that Ukraine game? It's all going to be down to the Ukraine game, and yeah. even from that, I'm not too sure they're going to really have much threat at all. Yeah. They. Do you think they could get zero points in this group then? I think they could get zero <laughs> Very points. Very likely. But they could. They could. Yeah. I, I just don't see them getting anything from that Germany or Poland game. They couldn't really have a harder draw in in this tournament. Yeah. It, it is. It is. A, it is a tough group. The best scenario they could have got would be to play teams that are similar to them, so mm. they can kind of go match up against each other and try and grind out results. Yeah. I don't think they're going to fare very well against teams that just have lots of firepower. Mm. They're Especially not, they're Ukraine, not great at the back. Ukraine being the, the, the most likely option out of all of those, they're a very kind of physical, tough team to play against. I think I think the Northern Irish are a physically enough side as well. I think that game's going to be very low scoring, low cages. But it's probably going to be nil-nil. When well, you it? think about it, like it, with the, the system of three teams going through, you can go through with one point. It's possible. So you know, beat you know, beat Ukraine or beat Ukraine, sorry, and and they've got a chance. Yeah, true. But um, just talking about their kind of like how unfavoured they are, their second, their second, I don't know, what's, the, what's the word? They're only behind Albania in terms of favourites to win the tournament. Oh, yeah. they're, they're, so they're ultimate least favourites. Yeah, <laughs> least. Yeah. yeah. So they're they're two hundred fifty to one. So I mean, have a bang on that. Exactly. That's the style. Yeah. So they're joint joint with Hungary. I so think yeah. that's, that's pretty fair. Do you I, th- I think I think Albania are a better team than Northern Ireland. Do you think Albania are better than Northern I th- Ireland? I think they're I think they're get further in the tournament that is low price and by further in the tournament <laughs> I mean they might get through this third place team <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One, one final thing on uh, on Northern Ireland uh, Will Grigg is very much on fire 
20, 24 goals. I think it's 24, 25 goals for Wigan in, in League One. Go on, go on, sing the song. Not go on. Like, no, I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> sing the song. Everyone listening knows what it is. Sing the song, go on. Like, Will you, you, you brought him up. You have to bring, you have to bring no, the song. I'm not singing the song. You've been singing it all afternoon <laughs> to me. <laughs> but well, it's safe to say that he is on fire. Good but, off the bench. Good but off he bench. won't play. Warming the bench, literally. I'm still looking forward to seeing all the home nations play, apart from Northern, Northern Ireland. <laughs> so, like, I when I say all, I mean England yeah. and Wales. But um, I, 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 I want to see Northern Ireland do well. I just, I just can't see their games being in any way interesting. Yeah. Or, I just don't, I just don't think they've got any any kind of chance. So Jamie Vardy isn't having a party in Northern Ireland. Then. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> I just explained to you, Liam. Uh, they have a bit of a game going on where we get one chance to say Jamie Vardy's having a party in these group previews. And what that means when we trigger that sentence <laughs> is that we're saying that they are the team who are going to be the Leicester of this tournament. I've already used it on Slovakia, and I've bet that Slovakia are going to win Group B. Um, and well, so everyone else... Maybe no. <laughs> uh, yeah. mental, but Hamsik, you know, 3-1 against Jeremy, just saying. <laughs> if anyone feels like saying Jamie Vardy is having a party at any point, feel free. <laughs> okay. Not in this group, mate. Certainly not. Brilliant. So I think that's uh, Group C, and uh, I think that we're all pretty certain that Germany are going to win. But as Adam won the uh, opening quiz for this this uh, podcast, mm-hmm. he gets to choose the order in which the group is going to finish. The oh. official Eurofiles prediction. I think Germany win the group, obviously, and relatively comfortably. Poland, the only team that I can see causing them any problems. Poland will also qualify as well. They're, as I said, their team is good. Their first eleven, anyway, is, is especially strong. And then it's, I think it's pretty tight between Ukraine and, uh, and Northern Ireland. Uh, I think Northern Ireland have that underdog factor, that togetherness, that spirit that got them through the qualifying groups. But obviously their qualifying group was pretty terrible. So the winner of that game has a chance of going through in third. But uh, I'll say Northern Ireland might do it. I, I don't fancy Ukraine. I don't fancy them as least as much as I fancy uh, Romania. But I think I can see Northern Ireland beating, U- beating Ukraine. So you're so. saying it's going to be Germany, Poland, Northern Ireland, Ukraine? Yes. Okay. Why not? So there, could, there's your shout. I can see Northern Ireland going through in best third place without scoring a goal. <laughs> is that a bet Tom? that's like, my bet that's yeah. your bet okay. <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna, they won't score a goal but they go through that's a pretty decent bet I like that yeah, that, that could genuinely happen they could beat the 3 0 nils and they get 3 points and get yeah. to go through brilliant stuff so that's that's Group C uh, thanks for joining us Liam uh, thanks for joining on the first podcast for you it was a pleasure thank good you to, for good having to see me you all. yeah absolutely and we'll see you next time brilliant The manager, uh, Mikhailo Fomenko, uh, is uh, touted as the old warhorse of Ukrainian football. Oh, he is. He's been described here as a, as a cigar-chomping coach. Cigar-chomping? Oh, oh. <laughs> like, that's uh, great imagery. He is going to be stepping down at the end of Euro 2016. Oh, really? <laughs> <So> <laughs> he's got another blind up. He's got itchy feet already. He wasn't that 20. <laughs> he was previously Sweden boss as well. Oh, really? No, he wasn't. I'm looking at the wrong manager. <laughs> you <laughs> had to edit all that out. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Even the cigar chompers. Wait, was the cigar oh. chomping thing in Nigeria as well? <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. Oh, oh God. It's a howler. <laughs> <laughs> right. Really? Oh, that's brilliant.